Welcome to the January 23rd, 2019 edition of the Crypto IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive in-depth market analysis every single day and include the biggest stories of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. Jumping right into the market analysis, Bitcoin's at $3,570 today on Bitstamp. Uh, so Bitcoin's been steady at about 3580 over the past day. And we're seeing really strong support at $3,500. Yesterday in the early morning, Bitcoin dropped to $3,400 for like 20 minutes or something. And then it bounced right back up. People wanted that sub $3,500 Bitcoin. And it actually caused a little bit of a rally. Originally, Bitcoin was at like $3,520 and then it was at $3,580. And then we're seeing this morning, Bitcoin tried to rally. It tried going to $3,620, but something stopped it. And now Bitcoin is declining a bit. It's at $3,565 now, $3,560. So... It seems like Bitcoin has strong pressure upwards, like strong fundamental pressure from that $3,500 level and maybe increasing from there. And uh, this $3,500 level has been in place since about December 19th. So it's a strong support level for over a month. But there's one caveat, and that's why probably Bitcoin is dropping right now. Now it's at $3,550. So yeah, Bitcoin was trying to rally, went over $3,600, but it could not go over that. What's going on is the CME Chicago Mercantile Exchange futures expiration is coming on uh, January 25th. So right now is a critical time for the CME Bitcoin futures traders to lock in their profits. They have to keep the market down because they definitely went short this month. The price of Bitcoin after the December CME futures contract expiration was $3,900. And that ended up being a very powerful resistance level throughout January. And it's still a resistance level for sure, but the resistance has been like lowered and lowered because that's how short selling works. So right now we're seeing strong resistance at 3,700. So Bitcoin was trying to approach that level this morning and it could not. It activated probably something with the short sellers and now they're dumping. Bitcoin's been as low as 3,544 now as I talk. So there's, there's strong fundamental support and the short sellers can't push it down much further, but they're also not going to let it go up until after that futures expiration. That's what I think. Nothing's 100% certain, but the CME Bitcoin futures expirations have a very strong correlation with Bitcoin price movements. It's basically like the contract periods define when Bitcoin's going up or down. And most of the time since the CME Bitcoin futures launched, it has been going down. There's been a few months where it went up, and then literally right when the contracts expired, it started going down after that. I think February is a prime month for uh, Bitcoin to go up because the short sellers on CME cannot push it down much further. And short sellers in general, we got short sellers in all sorts of markets across the world. The number one markets are like BitMEX, the Chicago Board Options Exchange, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, and even Bitfinex. But yeah, the short sellers all across the world were shorting this month, and it's usually led by CME. Like, it started when CME launched on December 17th, 2017, the Bitcoin market started crashing. And this is because CME operates through Globex, which is well-connected with the global markets. So... I think in a couple days, things are going to start looking more optimistic. Like, the whole crypto space was trying to rally today, but it just could not. It's because those short sellers have their foot down on the market, but they're going to take their foot off of it, probably. Right after the futures expire for, on CME on January 25th, Bitcoin probably... Well, it could start going up. I'm not going to say probably. We're going to have to wait, like, three days or up to a week. Up to a week after the CME Bitcoin futures expire on January 25th. That will determine where it's going to go in February, pretty much. I can't say for certain. Because like, I thought even in a, after the December's future expiration, hey, it's already gone down so far, it can't go down more. Well, they squeezed more shorts out of it, and I can't say for sure what's going to happen, but basically we got a new start 
uh, the game changes on January 25th. It could go up. The reason I think it's more likely to go up is because, first off, we got that really strong support at 3500 It would be risky and hard for the short sellers to make Bitcoin go down from 3500 And that's about where it is right now. And also, our expert crypto.iq traders are using this wick off chart. And they're finding that a bottom is happening right now. The Bitcoin market has been tracking the wick off chart pretty closely the past few months. And uh, the bottom is going to happen right at the beginning of February. So... I think actually the January 25th date is like the pivot date. If we're going to start seeing a rally, because January 25th is the date that CME Bitcoin futures traders can lock in their short sales and then go long and make profits on the long. And this does not mean Bitcoin is going to rally forever. Usually when Bitcoin has gone up in the CME Bitcoin futures era, it goes down like the next month because they kind of like they more prefer going short, it seems like. But if they can't really go short anymore, they go long for a month and then they short what they gained in that month or what Bitcoin gained in that month. All right. So how about the rest of the crypto market? Well, like I said, there was a kind of like a broad crypto rally going on. Overall, the market cap is not higher, though. It was like 120.7 billion last evening. Now it's 120.5 billion, about the same. Uh, in the past 24 hours, Ethereum's up like 0.2%, but really it's gone steady this morning. And Ethereum, of course, has been having all these problems with the Ethereum Constantinople hard fork. The fork, well, I remember first in like 2018, they launched it on testnet and the fork was like it messed up. Like it didn't work on the testnet. So then they delayed it into 2019 and then they found a critical error in the fork and it allowed like an attack where hackers could steal all the money out of a smart contract. So they uh, forked the fork kind of, well, they upgraded to get rid of the fork, but then some people still had the fork. Like they were telling everyone to upgrade the Constantinople. And then they told everyone to upgrade to get rid of Constantinople. So there actually was an accidental chain split. A lot of miners probably lost some revenue. The miners that were loyal to the developers are the ones who got hurt. And I think when the fork does happen, it's scheduled for late February now, over a month from now. It might be very contentious because it, it didn't have like strong popular support anyways. But here's the thing. They got the miners against the wall. Ethereum block times have increased to over 17 seconds. They were originally at 14 seconds. Basically, the difficulty bomb is going off. I'm looking this morning, it says 17.3 seconds now. I think it could be over 20 seconds by the time the fork happens. So basically, miners have already lost over 20% of their revenue from the difficulty bomb going off over the past couple months. And by the time the fork is happening, they're going to have lost like 40% of their revenue, something crazy like that. And uh, it'll actually be more profitable to upgrade to the fork, even though the fork lowers block rewards from 3 Ether to 2 Ether. It's just a really bad situation in general. I think they do have the miners pegged against the wall, and like a real chain split is... Like, I thought it was likely at first, but now that the fork's been delayed and the bomb is going off, the difficulty bomb, which makes block times exponentially longer, I think it, the miners will upgrade to the fork because 2 Ether block rewards will be better at, you know, the 14-second block time than uh, 3 Ether block rewards at, like, over 20-second block time. So... They got the miners up against the wall, but it's not a good thing in general. The miners are really being disenfranchised. Eventually, they want to get rid of the proof of work and go to proof of stake. I heard some people say they want to hybrid a proof of work and proof of stake, but overall, they're they're mostly going to disenfranchise the miners and get rid of that Ethereum inflation rate. They might have miners for the transaction fees, maybe. It's all really uncertain. No one really knows where exactly Ethereum is going. The dev team has certain motives, but the community has like slightly different motives, and then there's devs fighting each other. Kind of like with every other crypto, it's decentralized in a way, the dev team, because it's not all the same people. They're, they're all really smart people, but they have different ideas. 
So no one knows what's really happening with Ethereum. That's not a good thing. Like Bitcoin, it's like kind of set in stone. They change it from time to time, but they don't hard fork it. Ethereum gets hard forked every year because the difficulty bomb goes off every year. And that's a form of control where the developer team as a whole gets to change Ethereum every year. Not a good thing. And that Ethereum's price has declined from $1,400 in 2018, early 2018, to like less than $120 now. Uh, Bitcoin Cash has been seeing quite a rally. So Bitcoin Cash is up 6% in the past 24 hours at $130. It's still, Ethereum's at a $12.4 billion market cap and Bitcoin Cash is at $2.3 billion market cap. So Bitcoin Cash is like nowhere near like taking that number three spot from Ethereum. In other news, uh, Ripple's gone down a little while Ethereum's gone up a little and now there's only about $700 million or $680 million of like a lead for Ripple over Ethereum. That could switch theoretically, but I think Ethereum's going through so much problems in the next month because of this fork weighing over the market. Ripple will probably keep the number two spot. EOS is up 2% in the past 24 hours. It's at $2.2 billion market cap. Still pales in comparison to the $5 billion ICO it had. Uh Tether is actually uh, going back towards parity. So Tether kind of like stabilized at a dollar and two cents or a dollar and three cents, but now it's at a dollar and one cent. Tether is a stable coin. Theoretically, it should only be at one dollar. It should be at parity with the U.S. dollar, but it, it's rarely. Um, in November and December 2018, actually, or actually October and November, I think, Tether went way below a dollar. It lost its bank account in Puerto Rico, and then they eventually found a bank account in the Bahamas. But Tether is in a very like tenuous situation, not so good of a situation. And I'm seeing the Tether market caps now $2 billion. It's actually gone up in circulation. It was as low as, I think, like $1.7 So it's going back up. And then we have USD coin, which is the coin from Circle and Coinbase. It's been gaining popularity. $333 million market cap right now, which means, like, the circulation is $333 million. USD coin has way more solid bank accounts at uh, in the United States. Like, Tether is, like, a really risky banking situation. It's only at one little bank in the Bahamas. Meanwhile, USD coin's like never going to lose its bank account. And so I think long-term USD coin could overtake Tether. It just takes one more banking crisis from Tether for USD coin to become number one. They're already in a good spot. They're gaining widespread popularity. USD coin is. All right, going through the rest of the market. Stellar is down a little bit, just like Ripple. In fact, Ripple and Stellar are quite similar. Jed McCaleb co-founded Ripple, XRP, and then he left because he didn't agree with them anymore on something, and he started Stellar. He's a co-founder of Stellar. And they have similar technology and also apparently similar market dynamics today. Both are down a little bit while all the, all the other major cryptocurrencies are up. And then we have Litecoin. Litecoin's up a couple of percent at $32. Litecoin's probably going to be around long term. Litecoin is the king of the script. And script is a major facet of the mining industry. So Litecoin will be around probably long term, way long term. Tron is up a couple of percent, and Tron's basically like a competitor for Ethereum now. So Tron started as like an idea that they're going to distribute like YouTube videos through like the blockchain sort of thing. Basically, Tron was supposed to be like you share media from like content creators, but it has decent smart contract and dApp technology, and people are using it to develop their smart smart contract and dApps. So Tron's kind of like a competitor for Ethereum at a time Ethereum is not doing good because of this hard fork controversy. All right, going down the list, Bitcoin SV is up like 1%. So Bitcoin SV has been lagging way behind its twin Bitcoin Cash. So Bitcoin SV and Bitcoin Cash split apart in the middle of November. And that was actually associated with a pretty big crypto crash from the $6,500 level down to like this current level near 3000 4000 So Bitcoin SV low has done 
not as good as uh, Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin SV is at $75. Bitcoin Cash is at $130. Regardless, they have the name Bitcoin in both of them. Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV. But they're not Bitcoin. They're just altcoins. And that's the fact. And they're kind of trying to use the Bitcoin logo, too. I wrote an article about that on Crypto.iq. But they're not Bitcoin. They're pretenders. All right. So Monero, XMR, the number one privacy coin, has barely moved on the day. It's at $45. And then Dash, the number one X11 astronaut coin, is up 2%. Dash has actually been pretty popular in Venezuela. And Venezuela's been having problems. I think we're going to talk about that in the next show. All right. So that completes the market analysis. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll mention Dogecoin. They're down half a percent. So Dogecoin's been going down the past few days. Not a good week for Dogecoin. Unusual behavior. Dogecoin's market cap's at $242 million. All right, so the biggest story of the day is actually John McAfee. I wrote an article about this on Crypto.iq. I saw it, like, immediately. I was, like, really lucky. I was on Twitter right when he posted he was fleeing the United States. So John McAfee's, like, really infamous. He, he moved to Belize, like, previously. Like, he was in Belize, and he got in lots of trouble there. He was accused of murder. And as the police in Belize were, like, pursuing John McAfee, he escaped, and they couldn't prove he murdered anyone there because they don't have DNA evidence in Belize, apparently. If they had DNA capabilities, they could have proved it. But anyways, John McAfee got to the United States, he was arrested for something, and then they let him go. And then John McAfee became, like, a huge Bitcoin and crypto influencer, quote-unquote. Influencers are people that post on Twitter all day, and they have lots of followers, like tens of thousands of followers, sometimes, like, hundreds of thousands. John McAfee actually has, like, 850,000 Twitter followers. And I'm one of the Twitter followers because he posts like really crazy stuff and it's just kind of funny to read. Even though I know about his past based on the documentary and he's probably not a good person and he posts on Twitter all the time how he's drinking and doing drugs, he posts some funny things and like also some newsworthy things. Like he tattooed Skycoin on his back and then he had a big party with all the Skycoin people. So Skycoin's a pretty decent cryptocurrency, some good technology. And then he took the whole developer team into his house and he went crazy with them and it was like a saga. So I posted that article on Crypto.iq too. But today, let's talk about how he's fleeing the United States. Yes, John McAfee has been charged with felonies by the IRS, according to him. There's like no official way to look at this unless you had like a court search for the IRS in Tennessee. Um, I'm sure there's a way to find that if someone spent a few hours trying to figure it out. But he posted himself and he told the whole story. I believe him. He posted a bunch of videos. It's not like an act. So a grand jury in Tennessee for the IRS has convened to accuse McAfee of felonies involving taxes, I guess, because the Internal Revenue Service is all about taxes. And John McAfee says on the video, basically losing his case for himself, that he has not filed taxes in eight years. It's the worst thing you could post if, like, you're in a court case with the IRS. But he posted a video on Twitter to, like, 850,000 followers saying he has not paid his taxes in eight years and he's on a boat fleeing the United States going to Venezuela. It's actually... It's sad, but also hilarious. I'm on the fence if I should be sad or, like, laughing. But, uh, yeah, I kind of feel bad for him. I mean, this man is totally on the run, and he's trying to make the best out of it, and he's probably drunk. That's the only reason he could be, like, so positive about the situation. He thinks it's, like, a grand adventure to flee to Venezuela, a horrible third-world country that's about to go through a military revolution. I'm about to write an article today for Crypto.iq about Venezuela. Basically, what's going on there is the hyperinflation is, like, 2 million percent now per year. The currency is worthless. The people are, like, getting ready to revolt. A little section of the military already tried uprising, and then they failed or something. But I, that might be the beginning of a real coup d'etat or actually revolution, probably more like a civil war. And John McAfee thinks this is the best country to go to because Venezuela has horrible ties with the United States. It might not be a good long-term plan, though, because if there's a real civil war in Venezuela, the, the military from the United States might show up there. It's not that far. Like, I'm actually in Miami, Florida. We're not that far from Venezuela, and if there's a civil war there, I think the United States would show up. And John McAfee would be sitting there on his boat right off the coast. It's not a good idea. 
But anyways, John McAfee's reasoning is that, hey, Venezuela's like on the crap list for the United States. The United States has no relations with them. So if John McAfee goes to Venezuela and kind of accept him, there's no way for the United States to easily get him back. I mean, it's possible. They could just go in there and violate Venezuela's sovereignty and send a little military force and get John McAfee. And I don't think Venezuela would respond to that. But for now, John McAfee thinks he's safe there in this third world country that's about to go into a civil war. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch because John McAfee's like posting live on Twitter like constantly what's going on. And his videos are getting more and more like insane. He, he's obviously not able to sleep very well. Maybe he is sleeping right now, hopefully. But yeah, I'm not going to go too much into this. Basically, John McAfee's a big crypto influencer. He didn't pay his taxes for eight years. He's also running for president. I can't forget that part. So he's running for president on a Bitcoin and cryptocurrency platform. He's basically doing it just to advocate cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah, and that's the point. He's actually on his boat in, like, off the coast of Venezuela, and he's going to run his campaign from off the coast of Venezuela. And it sounds like since he's already a wanted fugitive, he's going to be doing some crazy things. Like, he has all sorts of plans that he was talking about on YouTube, like causing chaos in the United States and giving people a bunch of John McAfee masks, and they're going to run around with it and represent him. But yeah, he can kind of do whatever he wants now because he's a fugitive and there's nothing to lose, I guess. So we'll see how long that continues. I mean, the more trouble he makes... Like, usually if someone's running from the United States, they don't try to attack the United States politically. Usually fugitives on the run, like, stay very quiet and change their identity. But this is John McAfee. So if you want an entertaining show, go to John McAfee's Twitter. He's probably going to be posting multiple times a day about his fugitive status from the United States and what he's doing off the coast of the Venezuela or somewhere in the Caribbean. And we'll also keep you updated on Crypto.IQ about this. Like if he gets busted, like if SEAL Team 6 comes in and swoops up John McAfee, we're going to have that article ready for you. So that's all we have for you today on this January 23rd, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode. We'll keep you up to date on the market. If you read Crypto.IQ every day, you'll be an expert in the crypto space and you'll be able to trade profitably especially actually if you get the premium trading desk membership so we have our premium traders like they'll actually talk to you if you get this membership it's not that expensive it's pretty cheap it could be as low as one dollar a month apparently uh so if you get this membership you could talk to our crypto.iq traders in person in discord and these are the same traders that have made over 200 percent profits since July during the worst of this crypto bear market. They can make money even in a bad market because they know how to go short and they know how to go long at the same time. So when you go short, you actually make money on you know Bitcoin and crypto going down. So it's all about knowing which way cryptocurrency and Bitcoin is going to move, where the price is going to go. And you can make money if you know where it's going to go. And they have all sorts of capabilities and they can teach you. If you ask them a question, they'll answer it. So you should definitely join the Crypto.IQ trading desk and read Crypto.IQ. You know, keep up to date on it. We have the best stories. We don't have anything nebulous or irrelevant. We only have the best, most original stories. So come back tomorrow for another exciting episode. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out.